This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Rams Talk podcast preview show. We're here ahead of Saturday's big clash with Burton Albion. Uh, words that I never thought would uh, leave my mouth a couple of years ago, but here we are. Uh, and today I've got probably my favourite guest. I know I said this last time as well, so I'm just proving to you, Dave, that it is true. Uh, I've got Radio Derby's Dave Fletcher. How are you, mate? I'm very good, Jay. I'm glad to hear you calling it a big clash because uh, we had some backlash last time, I believe, when we called it a derby. <laughs> on the radio, the the Rams fans weren't having it, and I, and I understand entirely. It, it, it's not a rivalry; it's a derby, mainly because they're twelve miles apart. I think I think that's that's my definition. I would say if Tramway <laughs> played Liverpool, it's a derby, but I don't think Liverpool fans will be that interested. So uh, I think it's a similar kind of similar kind of setup for this one. I think you're right. It is quite a one-sided one, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I think I think from Derby's perspective, it's more we don't want to lose. Um, which we're pretty good at doing at the Pirelli. Um, yes, I mean, yeah. yeah no. Well, last last year was a strange one, wasn't it? Last season's game at the Pirelli was really strange. Derby completely dominant, absolutely on top, no question about it. Chance early second half that went in, into the car park, and then a change at the back, and they went. They brought Curtis Davis on and sort of went defensive. Uh, and I didn't quite understand that. And I'm not sure that, that Paul Warren would necessarily do that this season. I think it's a, well, it's a different, it feels like a different Derby County. It feels like his Derby County, something else we spoke about, I think, last time we were talking. So yeah. I, I think if Derby get in front, uh, then I think that, that Burton might have, might have problems. Well, let's hope Derby can get themselves in front because we haven't done that yet this season. But right, on to Burton. Uh, we've played one game so far. So my thing here saying sum up the season so far might be quite quick. Um, two nil defeat to Blackpool. How do you think it went? Um, not very well, really. Um, I didn't think it went as well as Dino Marmory had told me he thought it had gone after the game, certainly. Uh, first 25, 30 minutes, then it barely got a kick. They could have been behind for 26 seconds. It was a very tight offside. And as they as sides did last season, Blackpool went straight down the middle uh, and got in behind Burton and, and that simply can't be allowed to happen at any level. Uh, so that one was disallowed. <laughs> then, of course, they scored twice. Um, uh, Shane Lavery looks like he's going to be uh, a decent striker at League One level. I have to say, works exceptionally hard and deserved mm-hmm. his two goals. Blackpool deserved the win. Burton didn't quite show enough 
for me on on the opening day, which was a shame. Um, but it was away from home. It was against a relegated side. You know, the, 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 there are so many mitigating circumstances you can throw in there that uh, hopefully it won't have done too much damage. Well, let's hope so for your sake. And I mean, uh, looking at that Burton team, it's it, there's a lot of new players in that team, in that squad. Um, I know you made loads and loads of signings. So could you talk me through some of the best ones? Well, well uh, <laughs> I've said it to Dino Marmory uh, in person, actually, when I went down to see him. I, he had me at Cole Stockton, mainly because of what Cole did uh, the season before last and at the end of last season when he started to regain his form he's a he's a he's a fascinating striker for me because i watched him as well at uh, trammy when he was there and people look at him and think old-fashioned center forward but there's more to him than that if he gets the service he can bring players in which old-fashioned center forward should do he can do the horrible stuff in the penalty area which old-fashioned center forwards should do but you only have to check social media, pop Cole Stockton goal into social media, and you will see some of the goals he scored have been outrageous. He really does have an eye for goal. He's, he's still only in his 20s. He's worked with Marmory before at Southport very early in his career. Uh, and I thought it was quite a coup to get him. Uh, as I was walking into the ground at Bloomfield Road on Saturday, I was actually paying for a parking ticket. Uh, Two Blackpool fans walked past and they were talking about, oh, yeah, we should win this one, we should do that. And as you would expect Blackpool fans to be doing, and one turned to the other and said, yeah, but they've got Cole Stockton. I'd love him. I'd have loved him to have come to us. And I think there are quite a few League One clubs who would have liked Cole Stockton in the side. So once he signed Cole Stockton, he had me. And then I think that has helped him attract other players as well. Josh Gordon followed very, very quickly. 15 goals for Barrow last season. They played sort of up top together, not quite, because uh, Josh was Josh Gordon was slightly behind Cole. But he looks a very useful player indeed. Mm. Um, other new signings, I, there have been that many. I've got them on a, a list on my wall. Here. <laughs> um, uh, I like the look of Raheem Harper as a defensive midfielder. He's got a better array of passes, forgive me, Deji, than Deji Oshilaja. <laughs> However, uh, when Deji Oshilaja replaced him with 10 minutes to go, he almost did enough to become the Burton man of the match. And he only mm. signed a new contract last week because he, I don't know whether he was weighing up his options or what. I haven't asked him. I had a quick <laughs> chat with him as he came off after the cool down. Uh, and, and he said, uh, feels great great to be back out there ready to go whenever whenever necessary so I wouldn't be surprised to see Deji starting I know that Dino Marmaria really likes him Jamal Blackman in gold got a bit of competition with uh, Rakeem Harper I'm told that uh, that Jamal had an absolute worldie against Derby uh, for Exeter last season clearly I didn't see it but I was told he, he was, was all right he <laughs> wasn't bad and of course he's 12 foot tall mm. so it takes an awful lot of pressure off Sam Hughes and John Brayford, Jasper Moon and or Ryan Sweeney, depending which three of the four that, that Dino Marmaria picks. Um, Left-back Steve Seddon, signed very early. The only loan player that they've got at the moment, on loan from Oxford, uh, gets up and down, likes to attack, puts a tackle in. He was taken off before the end on, uh, on Saturday at Blackpool. Uh, it meant that uh, Tom Hamer went across to the left-hand side and uh, Jake Caprice, another Exeter player. There are, there are many of them. <laughs> um, 
he came on, and I, I, again, I like the look of I like the look of Jake mainly because he's a, a more forward-thinking defender. So he isn't really a defender. He is, but he isn't really a defender for me, um, and wasn't whenever I've seen him in the past as well. So yeah, I mean, plenty, plenty. We haven't seen much of uh, Kegs Chowke yet. Uh, I expect big things of him. He's still very young. Uh, and of course, Max Crokem, the backup goalkeeper. They've got two very good goalkeepers who both mm. had some success in recent times. Obviously, Crokem at, at Grimsby and had a couple of very good seasons with them. Uh, but again, he's still young. So um, the one thing that he has got, and when I wrote the formation down from Saturday and stuck it on the wall because <laughs> I knew I was talking to you, and uh, <laughs> I was writing down the team and putting the alternatives they have got cover. So they've got four central defenders who would all be regarded as first-team central defenders to go into three, because they will play a, a three at the back, as I think Paul Warren favours mm. as well, doesn't he? So the wing-backs, they've got potential there to, to swap Hamer or keep him on the right and bring Caprice in or Seddon. In the defensive midfield with Rakeem Harper and or Dej Yashilaji and Joe Powell has suddenly turned into a a slightly deeper lying midfielder, which is remarkable because when I first started watching Burton, everybody assumed he was basically a winger. Where's seven? <laughs> Go and do it. Mark Helm, <laughs> terrific footballer. Um, and the other one who I haven't mentioned, of course, uh, and I'm, I'm almost going to put my tin hat on now, uh, Mason Bennett. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> who, played, who played all the pre-season games and, of course, picked up a knock on the Friday before the Blackpool game, wasn't in the squad. And, Naturally. And he, yes. And he and Cole Stockton had started to get some kind of understanding. The score, it's, Burton's got a terrific goal against, I think it was Stoke in one of the pre-season games at the Pirelli, where Bennett crossed it in deep and there was Stockton at the far post just to nod it back across and into the back of the net. So uh, Mason Bennett is a fascinating one for me. I'm not entirely sure how they managed to get him. Uh, <laughs> Being local potentially is uh, is a big draw. Burton is one of those. I mean, Derby's similar, but Burton's a very strange place in that they're a very small club, as we all know, but they're perfectly placed in the country to attract players from the northwest where I am. It's only an hour and a bit down to St George's Park to go training. They can go quite a long way south, and and it's perfectly placed. And players mm. don't have to move, and I think they like that. Yeah. Um. So the Bennett injury, I'm told, isn't serious. Um. Who knows? He may make his competitive debut for Burton Albion in League One against Derby County. I can't wait for the noise. Because <laughs> when he yeah, signed, yeah. when he signed, there was a lot of noise. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I think it's it's interesting with Burton because every it's, it seems to be a recurring thing, doesn't it? It's sort of end of the season, a whole new team comes in. You always bring in some big name players. Obviously, Mason Bennett is quite a big name in this division, as much as we all hate him. Um, and you know, <laughs> and you know, Cole Stockton players like that have come in and they are big names. And like you said, Burton is not a huge club, it's yeah. you know, up until what 10 15 years ago, I think I don't know, maybe more times passed since then, but playing at Eaton Park and and yeah. stuff like that in non league. So to attract players of that caliber to come and play for them in League One's impressive. But do you think that sort of constant turnover of players, especially loan players as well, is hurting the team? Um, I don't think it's doing them any good, certainly. Yeah, under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, it was 10 to a dozen players every transfer window. The first transfer window that Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Dino Marmory, who was his assistant, came in, they had to make changes. They were dead and buried. They secured their safety. They didn't build on that 
the following season and finished sort of mid-table. And then, of course, we all know what happened at the start of last season, a draw from the first seven, eight matches. And and Jimmy walked away. And it left Dino Marmaria in a bit of a predicament, really, because they'd made more changes again, not necessarily Dino Marmaria signings. They were a management team, but it was a very strange management team that they'd never worked before together. They'd met at... Uh, um, when they were doing one of their coaching badges and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank liked the sessions that Dino Marmaria had put on and thought, it'll be all right. Mm. So Dino Marmaria took over and then uh, he basically had to sort of tread water until Christmas and then had to go out and make a lot of loan signings because the players who he had were clearly not good enough. So then all the loan signings disappear and he's stuck with having to release the players who he didn't want in the first place and I think first day of training, seven players, eight players contracted. Well, you've got wow. to make a few. You've got to make a few signings. I mean, mm. they lost Terry Taylor, who was one of the players they offered a contract to. Connor Shockmacy went to Portsmouth. Taylor's gone to Charlton. Deji Oshilaji wasn't signing a contract. So there's another three players who he wanted, but obviously wanted to move on, or not in Deji's case. Ultimately, uh, Tom Hamer was another who didn't sign until quite late in pre-season as well. So that was slightly disrupted. And of course, then you, he's got to go out and buy some or buy some. Nobody buys. <laughs> I was say. And he said, no, well, January might actually be very quiet, which would be an absolute joy in all honesty. Although his loan signings last season did work. Dale Taylor, I thought, was terrific. Um, he's now gone to Wickham and there were one or two others who you're thinking, yeah, it'd be nice if they could keep them. Jasper Moon was one who they brought in on loan. He was very, very successful uh, at the back with uh, with him, with um, Brayford and Sam Hughes. Uh, and he's managed to get him on a three-year contract, which is great. I spoke briefly to him after the game on, on Saturday and he's absolutely thrilled to be back future settled and he can get on with the rest of his, uh, get on with the rest of his professional career now. So, but I don't think, that there will be the same influx of players. I could be wrong, of course, but I don't <laughs> think there'll be the same influx of players in January. And a lot of the players who he signed in this transfer window have come in on two-year contracts. So he's looking for a bit of continuity, which, mm. which sort of proves the point you were making that you can't. It, it is to the detriment of the football club and, and of the team if you have this continual churn of players. I mean, nobody yeah. settles. The fans don't know whether they're coming or going. Uh, I have to learn 10 new players every season, which is no good for me at my age. <laughs> and, uh, and and hopefully it'll it'll settle down. And if it does settle down, that should be to the benefit of the of the team moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you've you've mentioned so many names there. Like, honestly, like a ridiculous amount of names. I've been trying to keep it all in my head. I, I try and keep track of Burton, and even I can't keep up. Um, so I'm well done for keeping up, mate. They're all written down, Jake. I was trying to think of some of the other lone players who came in last season. The other, the other problem they've had in recent times, of course, is is leading scorers. Daniel mm. Jebison came from Sheffield United on loan, went back, it was called back when Sheffield United panicked uh, and recalled him. He was the leading scorer at Burton Albion and he finished the season as the leading scorer. Another player who I haven't mentioned who actually proved to be quite valuable in terms of how much money Bolton were, were willing to pay for him was Victor Adeboyejo, who scored on the opening day uh, for Bolton, of course. Um, he was the leading scorer for Burton Albion and he'd gone by January as well. And he was the leading scorer at the end of the season. They both were. But that is that simply can't happen. Yeah. I fully expect Cole Stockton to be the leading scorer at Burton Albion at the end of this season. 
and to still be there next season, which will be uh, which will be quite quite the departure. <laughs> I'm going to say I bet some of the presentation evenings are a little bit awkward. Um, <laughs> Jefferson, came, Jefferson came back. Yeah, uh, we, and 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 it, like, you could understand why Jefferson came back to the presentation evening because he'd been recalled. He didn't mm. want to go. He said he didn't want to go, but Sheffield United wanted him. You can't do anything about it, and off he went. Victor sent a video message. <laughs> did a video message when Bolton came to uh, to the Pirelli because I, I think everybody even then knew that he was going to be the leading scorer. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, he didn't come back, which is understandable. But uh, they did uh, they did profit to the tune of the thick end of half a million quid. So. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, uh, you know, it's not bad. No, for a club like Burton, that, that, that is a substantial amount of money. It really is. It really is. And we've spoken a little bit about it already. You mentioned the back three. Um, how are Burton going to look to play on Saturday? Well, again, a slight departure. And it was noticeable in pre-season. They want to play out from the back. Now, it, when it works, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but you do run the risk, as you know, of losing the ball in your own half rather than losing the ball in the opposition half. And and I think they're still fine-tuning that. They're mm. persisting with these, I hate them, these nonsensical goal kicks where Sam Hughes will take the goal kicks <laughs> the goalkeeper. Uh, why do teams do that? Why do teams at League One level do that? That's, that's possibly a better question because I think in the Premier League, if you're Manchester City, you can basically do what you want. <laughs> if you're Burton Albion, you ought to play to your strengths for me. Um, and this is, again, it, it sounds like a criticism and it's not. I applaud the fact that they want to play football. Um, but I'd rather see the ball in the opposition half than mm. the Burton half, if I'm entirely honest with you. I think they'll be different at home and away. I'm going to well. say the pitch is tiny, isn't yeah. it, at home? Yes, but, uh, and the, the Derby fans who came last season will remember the horrendous pitch that they had at the Pearly Stadium. It has been relayed. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is a proper, beautiful football pitch now. Uh, I assume it'll, they'll try to keep it like that for the whole season, but it's a good time to be coming to the Pirelli if you want to play some football because it's immaculate. There are no bare patches anywhere. And, uh, yeah, that, that that might be one of the... Um, Dino Marmory might have said, right, well, we want to play this way, so we need a we need a pitch on which we can play it. Yeah. No point, no point in trying to play that if you're playing on a bobbly pitch and there's bare patches and, you know. So, yeah, but that's the style that Dino Marmory wants his team to play. The bottom line, he says, is winning <laughs> and finding a way to win. But the starting point will be to play out from the back. Now, as long as that doesn't mean they're 1-0 down in every game and having to come from behind, things will be fine. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, 
it could be a long season, but I don't expect it to be a long season for Burton. I'll be have to say. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you'll do all right. I think you'll be all right. Um, and I mean, you've mentioned Cole Stockton, Mason Bennett. Would you say they're the the biggest danger men in the Spurton team? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> whether Bennett makes ninety minutes or not, it's, uh, it's very well publicised on social media, isn't it? Yeah. I had no idea about that until it until he signed, <laughs> and then suddenly people said he's only completed one ninety minutes in seven years or something. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't take much notice of that, but. Um, Yes, he's a at League One level, and, and you're right about big names. He, he's a very clever player. He'll win a lot of free kicks in and around the first sort of ten yards inside the opposition half, which will give them an opportunity to attack, send the big men forward. Uh, he did that all throughout preseason. It was a real shame he couldn't play at Blackpool. Uh, and Cole Stockton, yeah, I, I just think I just think it's a terrific signing. Uh, I was very very surprised when he came. I would point you in the direction of Mark Helm. Who, who had a, a quiet game at Bloomfield Road. Really too quiet for me mm-hmm. uh, because he's a really good technical footballer. And at the end of last season, he started to, to add goals to his, uh, his good play. He's in a very much an attacking midfielder. Uh, and he scored a few in, in pre-season as well. But really the front three, if you want to call uh, Stockton and uh, Josh Gordon and, and Helm the front three, they didn't really get enough service. There wasn't enough quality ball to them for them to show off their, their prowess. But I think Helm is going to be a proper footballer. Uh, just 21 years of age, he started at Manchester United. He came from Burnley on a permanent deal last January, one of the one of the influx. But um, <laughs> but yeah, he's going, to, he's going to be a top, top footballer. And he will again be a threat in League One if he, if he continues the form that he showed at the end of last season, at the beginning of uh, pre-season as well. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and I guess one final point on on Burton overall as a team is what weaknesses are there that Derby could look to exploit or, or, or get into? You've mentioned playing out from the back and Blackpool running through the middle about 10 seconds into the game. Um, yeah. what, what are sort of the main areas in which Burton could improve? Uh, <laughs> I'm fairly sure that the, the Derby County coaching staff will have spotted any weaknesses. Um, <laughs> There is a lack of pace at the back. Jasper Moon, Sam Hughes, John Brayford are not the quickest centre-backs. I've only seen Ryan Sweeney in, in part of one friendly. Again, didn't look the quickest. He's a proper old-fashioned, big, bulking centre-back. Good player, <laughs> but that's what they are. So that's why you can get at them down the middle. I don't know how quick James Collins is. Uh, but yeah, he's not know. quick. That's, <laughs> that's good news then. But down the sides, uh, and we all know about Mendes Lang and his delivery, mm. uh, that, that's the one thing that frightens me. One of the things I've met on this <laughs> one of the things that frightens me, we'll edit that bit out. Uh, one of the <laughs> things that frightens me about Derby County is Mendes Lang. Because uh, when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, you, you, you'd look at him and think, well, that's, this is nonsense. How on earth are you supposed to defend that? They've mm. played, they played against him. All these players have played against him a number of times now, but it doesn't matter how many times you play against him, you've still got to try to combat him, and, and it's very, very difficult. And possibly the best way to combat him is to stick him into the third row of the stand. But <laughs> I don't think you can do that anymore. He's, no. In the, in the olden days, in the olden days, they'd have given him a little dig after 30 seconds and he might have <laughs> into his shell, but you can't do it anymore. Uh, so, yeah, pace... Pace will trouble Burton. 
think, throughout the season. And the, the, there aren't there aren't loads of pacey places, pacey players in League One, I don't think. But there are specific ones who you think, right, well, that could be a real problem. CJ Hamilton, playing wing back for Blackpool, got pace, got him behind a lot. Mm. And you, you would expect that Mendes Lang will do the same. But um, I think that's about it, really. They've got all bases covered. If they click, and the sooner they click, the better. They, they, they played pretty well um, in pre-season. They had a couple of home games. The game against Stoke, I thought, was, was terrific. Uh, a really good performance. Um, but then they went to Scunthorpe, the last pre-season game, and lost 2-1 and weren't very yeah. good. And that 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 just set the, not alarm bells, but you just thought, oh, hang on a minute. Perhaps it, it perhaps it is going to take a bit of time. And I think it will take a little yeah. bit of time uh, in a competitive environment. So uh, if they can, I don't know, you can't even double team pace, can you? Because no. <laughs> neither, of players, neither of the players marking him are as quick as the man who's in the opposition. Then he's, he's going to get past you. So uh, that could be the problem. And I know I've seen comments again that, the Derby fans want James Collins in in between the six-yard box and he tends to drift. Well, that could be mm. useful for Burton. But yeah. if he stands in the middle, he's then got to cope with Sam Hughes, who I think is one of the best defenders in League One, uh, at the guile of John Brayford, and the youthful exuberance of Jasper Moon uh, or Ryan Sweeney, who last season was captain of Dundee in Scotland. So, uh, you know, he's, he's got a decent pedigree as well. So, uh, yeah, it's pace. That, that worries me, but I think it's pace that worries everybody. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. I think that's our problem too. Um, yeah, I think Joe Ward. Hopefully, if he's if he's listening to this, will be writing some notes down because I think his pace will will definitely help as well. I'm sure um, that Paul Warren and his coaching staff have already <laughs> told him. <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Um, and as well, I mean, we spoke a little bit before we started recording about um, the loan market. I mean, Derby yet to dip in. Um, you mentioned, I think you said Burton have one loan player in at the minute. Um, I think Burton are a team that are going to make the most of the loan market. Did last season, did really well. Can you see a couple of players, potentially pacey players, coming in and, and making a difference? Yes, yeah. Out wide, there is a lack of pace. As Steve Seddon, the, the left wing back, is the only loan player that they've got. So I'd be absolutely staggered if Dino Marmara didn't bring in a couple of players on loan. Um, interestingly, I, I, I tend to agree with Paul Warner who I, last week talking about ideally you don't want first-time loan players, which, which, is, a, which is fascinating, isn't it? But I yeah. think that's the market that Burton might be in, whereas Derby might not be, mm. but for obvious reasons. Um, Dale Taylor was a first-time loanee did a terrific job last season. And now Wickham have picked him up and they'll be going, well, he's already had a go in League One, so he knows what it's all about. He can hit the ground running. Um, so, yeah, there might be names that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if there were names that nobody'd ever heard of coming to Burton. But, uh, yeah, they, they will go into it. But I think both clubs have done it the right way in that the later you leave it, the more chance you've got of getting a player either out of a Premier League side or, or a club or a, a, a championship club who were at the very beginning of the season quite close to the first team and then as the transfer window goes on it sort of drop down the pecking order a little bit and suddenly think I could do a getting out till Christmas here and prove that I can do it yeah. so they're generally ambitious players who want to play and they're generally players who are closer to a first team 
than than some of the players have already gone out on. And I'm not suggesting that Steve Seddon wasn't close to the Oxford uh, first team, but he might have been told. So that one was wrapped up right at the start. Come in on loan, full season. Thanks a lot. You're clearly not going to be involved at Oxford. That's fine. As is as are the ones at the end. But I know it's Bristol Rovers picked up a couple of players from Brentford. Uh, last week in the build-up to the first game and you're suddenly thinking, well, really? How, how close to Brentford's first team would they have been? And 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 our Bristol Rovers thinking, right, well, we haven't got any more money, so we'll just go out and get fill the squad with, uh, or complete the squad with, with loan players. I don't think that's a good way of going about it. Mm. And of course, they have to play a certain number of games, otherwise when you go back to the club and say, well, that was a great loan last year, can we have another one? And they say, well, what's the point? The player didn't play. Yeah. So he's, the loan players have got to be good enough to actually compete with the players that you've got and get in the first team. So uh, it's a tricky one, I think, for for managers. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. And yeah, let's just hope for for Derby's sake that we've we've left it late and, and we've done the right thing. And I think for Burton's as well, because I think, yeah, a couple of loan players and that team won't be too bad at all. One right. More, one more change. Oh, on. On. No, just, I mean, you can cut this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more change off the field in that he now has a new assistant manager, uh, Dino Marmory. He didn't have an assistant as such. Chris Beardsley was the, the first team coach. He's got uh, John Dreyer, who had a very lengthy career in the Football League, uh, spells all over the country, including up at Bradford when they were going through their relatively successful uh, years around the turn of the century. And uh, just a few different ideas and an extra buffer between the players and the manager. And, and the, the, the dynamic changes a little bit there as well. So uh, mm. it'd be interesting to see how that, how that pans out. He's worked with Dre before, I think, at Stevenage, so he knows him. But uh, yeah, a new, a new man almost at the top, just below the top. Well, didn't know that. Mm. <laughs> but right. Now they've got the new man in, new players in. You've you've had a dodgy start against against Blackpool. You got Derby at the Pirelli. Dave, what's your score prediction, mate? What do you think? I knew I, when I was thinking about this, this, this <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me. I don't, I'm hopeless at predictions. We were asked for predictions on Saturday afternoon. Where will they finish? He'll be the player of the season, and he'll be the young player. And I'm thinking, well, how on earth can you tell? <laughs> Burton will want to get off to a, a good start at home. I think it's a very strange fixture to have as your first home game. A game against the team that's closest to you geographically mm. seems very strange because at this time of year, when hopefully the sun will be out, although it seems not to have been for much I wouldn't of the bet on it. <laughs> now, uh, you know, you, you, you get a team coming up from the south and, and, and it's a, just a, a run-of-the-mill game. I mean, this is, this is a huge game for Burton Albion. It's a huge game for the Burton Albion fans. Uh, and therefore, it becomes a huge game for the Burton uh, Albion players. And they will be bang up for it. And Dino Marmory didn't shy away from calling it a derby last season, um, <laughs> even if everybody else did. Uh, so uh, I think, given Derby County's uh, record at the Pirelli as well, I mean, it, it looks promising, doesn't it? I, I, it does. It looks pro- That's as far as I'm going. It looks promising. <laughs> <laughs> I know this will be thrown back at me by everybody who watches it. Uh, the Derby fans will get on my back. I, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Derby County. I never have. I just don't know enough about Derby really because they don't let me near it. Um, <laughs> I do. I do Burton and Derbyshire, and I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Burton won, but then again, I wouldn't be surprised if Derby won. 
Well, I, I think it'll be a close game as well, to be honest with me. I think I, I think it'll be a draw. I, I hope we'll be able to get a draw. As you mentioned, our record at the Pirelli is terrible. Um, it'd be nice to nice to win, I think, to, to finally get one. I think the players, like you said, the Burton players will be well up for it, but so will the Derby players. I mean, it was a pretty painful defeat on Saturday, so they'll really want to bounce back with a win. And I think Paul Warren might need it a little bit as well, because I, I think if we don't get a result on Saturday, I think as early as it is in the season, I think people will start asking questions already, as ridiculous as that is. So I think, yeah, it's going to be a good game and, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Good game and a good pitch with some good players. What more could you want? <laughs> good weather, hopefully. Well, that'd be nice. that'd be <laughs> it nice. would be nice. But right, thank you so much, Dave. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I feel like I know every player to ever exist now after that. Um, <laughs> I think we went through went through a lot there. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And uh, hopefully we have a good game on Saturday. I'll keep it brief when you call me for the next one. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.